Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget, and for this particular show, we're going to give a warning. Uh, the topic is police brutality and abortion. Listener discretion advised. Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget with my boy Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. Howdy. Hey, hey. So, we don't have a guest this week, which is cool because uh, we have some shit we can just talk about, just me and you, right? I think we can figure that out, yeah. Word. Okay, so, um, current events, right? Um, we rarely get into a lot of current events, but here in this new season, we're going to try to get into some of them. Um, what do you want to get into first, man? I was going to say not all current events though, because man, I just feel like there's so much going on right now in the world, in the country. And, oh my God, it's just a lot. Yes, it is. A lot. All these new changes and all this other like just, you know, continuing, at least here in America, continuing more down this path, path of division <clears throat> and in the world. Like, I don't know, man. Where are we headed? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I think last time we talked about shit that was heavy was uh, the last shooting. And I think since then there have been uh, quite a few shootings because you guys fucking suck and you can't keep your guns and your hands to yourself. Uh, not you yeah. guys. You guys are loyal, great listeners. But I'm talking about the people who, for whatever reason, think it's cool to grab a gun and go to, to a fucking middle school and shoot it the fuck up. <sighs> yeah. Let's not get. I don't want to get too drug into that. Let's talk about a little bit what happened in Texas. Um, I think we all saw that particular shooting that we're going on about. But there was a little yeah, bit of what's up and you. In Uvalde, right? You're not, you're Correct. Not Uvalde. Yeah. Yeah. Down there south of San Antonio. Yeah. So me and Kevin, we spoke about this earlier. Y'all didn't hear it because y'all weren't there. You weren't. You weren't there. You missed out. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of controversy with the officers who were in the hallway while this shooting was going on. And uh, there was one particular officer who was on his phone during the, this whole thing. And he was pointed out by the media, like, why is this officer on his phone while this terrible stuff is going on uh you know why kevin you you uh told me earlier today but for the sake of this conversation no i don't know why please tell me okay so that particular officer his wife was one of the teachers in the classroom and she was killed so that explains why he was frozen on the video on the phone uh because I mean, as an officer, my when I used to be a police officer, I could never imagine going to a scene where it's uh, family. And in that particular case, it's, you know, his wife and all these kids. And for whatever reason, they didn't just fucking run in. I mean, I know, you know, danger's danger. But all that kind of stuff. But man, there's people getting fucking murdered right now. And we got to fucking go. Fuck the rules and fuck all that other shit, man. We got to stop this, right? So, well, like we talked about earlier, um, and like I, like I, like I had commented, um, 
when you're in law enforcement, uh, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if, when you're in law enforcement and, uh, you know, in the military, um, we get active shooter training, like what to do in these types of scenarios. Right. Did you not as a, as an LAPD officer? Oh, no, we got it all the time. Right. So in those in those situations, um, you're taught how to respond to those things. Um, time is of the essence. You don't have time to barricade. You know, you need to like be able to you know think, move and communicate. Right. Um, <clears throat> sometimes you may be the only responding officer on the scene. Sometimes you may have a partner. Sometimes you may have a whole squad show up. Um, but from what I know of responding to active shooter stuff and from what I know when it comes to, you know, hitting a target, um, you, you do have a plan and then you execute that plan when time is of the essence, you execute that plan, um, as immediately as you can. Um, the excuses that I think we're hearing right now is that they were posted up. Posted up trying to make a plan. Hold on a second. Hey, uh, we have some extra listeners here. We got uh, D Frizzle and uh, Mike Stamper. I'm going to keep you guys muted while we talk. It's just um, y'all y'all can't talk. So there you go. There you go. Hang out on the outside. I see your face, though. Smiling face. I'm sorry. Continue, Kevin. <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, yeah, no, you, you don't, you don't have time, you know, to, in, in these scenarios to post up outside and do a little sand table on the ground and figure out like who's going to be, you know, stack, you know, number one in the stack, number two in the stack, who's going to move left, who's going to move right, what gun are we going to use, what fucking outfit are we going to use, what purse are we bringing on the fucking raid? You don't have time to plan all that shit, man. Like you fucking show up and you go to, you go to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it when when the nine one was when nine one one calls started pouring in, and they're getting reports of an active shooter. Me being me, and you being you, um, and I would like to think most officers um, behind the badge, uh, when they show up on scene, if they're the first one on the scene, I'm 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 figuring out how to fucking get in that building because. <clears throat> You know, a lot of these active shooter scenarios have been one person. There's been a couple of times where we've had multiple shooters, right? So obviously Columbine, DC shooters, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, for the most part, it's been one shooter. Now, <clears throat> if I was an officer, and you know, when I when I do things in the military, when I go into a building, let's say we're on, on that deployment or whatever the case may be, if I think somebody's broken into my house, for the, for my safety, I'm going to assume they at least have the same level of training that I have minimum. Right. Minimum. Right. Um, so that way I'm prepared to at least meet myself, so to speak in the hallway. And then once I'm able to come across this person and engage them, you're quickly going to find out whether or not they actually do have any kind of training. And, you know, for somebody who doesn't, I mean, that, that should be, uh, an easy kill for you, right? That should be, a, you know, an easy cleanup. Right. Well, the one thing you don't do <clears throat> when you can literally hear the gunshots and the kids screaming and dying, the one thing you don't do is sit in the goddamn hallway behind your fucking riot shields. Yeah. That officer whose wife was in there, I can't imagine... I can't imagine what that guy has to be feeling. 
I can imagine how he feels about his department, his agency. I can't imagine him ever wanting to be a fucking cop again. Oh man. And, you know, we've talked to some folks, I've talked to some folks at work and in my unit. Um, and you know, people say things, right. We always have this like idea that if I was in that situation, I would have responded differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, and the honest, honest, honest to God opinion is you just don't know until you're there, but the general consensus is you're going to shoot me before you detain me. Like if my loved ones are in that building and you're not doing a fucking thing about it, you're going to end up shooting me as I'm trying to get into that building. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, you're not stopping me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's just the bottom understandable. line. Yeah. yeah. Now you got this thing, you know, this, this officer who is trained to do these things and his wife is in this, this school and his, these kids are in this school and there he is also in the school texting back and forth with his wife um she's pleading for help and he can't do anything because his department is full of a bunch of fucking shit bags yeah <clears throat> nah man listen if you are a brand new cop on the force you've been on the force for five years seven years whatever the fuck but it doesn't matter if you're there you're not calling chief back at the department and saying hey what do we do well i'll be there in a minute you know what I mean? No, man. You, you fucking respond. Yeah. <clears throat> when I was LAPD, um, we had, you know, certain rules when it comes down to this kind of stuff. Uh, if there's an active shooter going on, uh, we would prefer for you to wait for a partner at the very least. Because if you go in there and get shot, then you're just another problem now. You're not any part of the solution. Uh, two people, two radios, two guns, hopefully more than two guns because who only runs with one gun and uh, your tactics and training. Uh, there's something called exigent circumstances. There's something crazy going on right now and we have to run into this place right now to stop it. That, I mean, I'm not a genius, but that seems like an exigent circumstance. Um, when it comes down to saving lives, especially my own, family members and these fucking kids children fuck this law stuff fuck this badge i'm gonna run in there uh, with everything i got if i get fucking shot in the head hopefully me moving will spark everyone else's movement uh, movement too you know like all you need yeah. is that one to say fuck the bullshit we're gonna go in here i when i was um i was working downtown and there was a shooting at a school it wasn't like a big high school or anything. I think it was a trade school. For whatever reason, this kid comes in and shoots the teacher right in the head. Boom. Uh, it's chaos when you go onto those scenes. There's people running around everywhere. Uh, in, in some particular cases, if it's going on while you're there, you're going to have to step over bodies to get to the threat. The threat is the number one issue here. Um, we just have to get over the me and me uh you know wearing a badge I, i'm a human before anything else and i really i put my hand in the air to protect people and the second politics and fucking too many chiefs and way too many indians getting charged of shit it just doesn't work out and you just gotta say fuck it i'm gonna go in there i don't think anybody would have been pissed off at him 
to be honest. I don't yeah. think anybody would have pissed up, been pissed off at anybody if they would have done that. But it's not an easy situation to get into. I know, fucking, I know it's not. But and and, and it's really easy to have a fucking money morning quarterback this thing. You're right for sure because you know it's if if it would have been me, I would have done this. Well, yeah. They were, you, there were there were parents there. They were fighting the cops to go in there. Like those are the people who were. If it had been me, I would have done this. And they did what they could, but they were stopped. And it's terrible. And it really kind of falls down to you know that saying. You know, judged by I'd rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. Oh yeah. Um, and well, in this particular case, I would rather be judged by twelve than any of those kids or those teachers. You know, carried by six. Yeah. <clears throat> Wild stuff, man. We're getting into the heavy shit today, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really interested to see like how it's all going to play out, though. Because um, I've heard that the the police chief down there, uh, I don't know if he resigned or is on a administrative leave. I don't. I don't know. There's a bunch of shit. He got the fuck <laughs> out of there because people going to string his ass up. Or maybe I'm thinking of, of, of a different case. I can't remember what that what that one was. Um, oh man, what was that guy's name? Jalen. Uh, what was his name? Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? No. What are you talking about? Jalen Walker. <clears throat> Not to switch it up from from uh, Uvalde, but um, no, we're talking so, about a different shooting now. Yeah, it wasn't a school shooting. Okay, um, it was ex. ex- what I would like to call, and I think most people would agree, um, excessive force. Regardless, I don't know what the person was guilty of or what they were thinking he was guilty of, but um, according to, I'm looking at it right now, on the CNN website, an autopsy revealed Jalen Walker, J-A-Y-L-A-N-D Walker, mm-hmm. the unarmed man who was shot and killed by Akron, Ohio police at the end of a high-speed car chase, had 46 gunshot entrance wounds or graze injuries. His death was due to blood loss from his internal injuries, and the cause of death was multiple gunshot wounds. Tests revealed no evidence of drugs or alcohol in the system. So when I first heard about it, it was that the officers had fired over 90 rounds and that he had 60 hits. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> since then, there's I, think there, I believe there was eight officers that were placed on a administrative uh, paid leave um, pending the investigation obviously uh, this is Walker 25 year old black man was shot um, as he fled police officers trying to stop him for, for an alleged traffic violation um, don't know like what the violation was or what if he was like I said what do you if he was guilty of anything um, I mean he fled from the police but you know like that's not really a reason to shoot somebody 46 times but so the breakdown, he had 15 on Walker's torso where he had internal injuries to his heart, lungs, liver, spleen, left kidney, intestines, and multiple ribs. 17 shots to his pelvis and upper legs where the right major artery, the femoral artery, going to the leg and the bladder were injured and the pelvis and both femurs were broken. One in his face where the jaw broke. Eight in his arms and right hand. Five on his knees, right lower leg, and right foot. It seems like uh, a lot of injuries on one particular side. He was probably laying down uh, or already down when they were continuing the shooting. One thing I heard about this was uh, during the pursuit, he had fired at them. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, a weapon was recovered from the car. But, you know, the officers didn't know that as this guy's running. Um, I tell you what, man, uh, one of my fears being at a shooting would be uh, contagious fire mm-hmm. or using the wrong kind of words. Like uh, if you want them to if you want your partner to hit this person with a taser, you wouldn't say shoot him. You say hit him with a taser or something like that. <clears throat> um, but man, that's a that's a lot of. That's a lot of wounds, man. That's a lot of shooting. Um, so well, I've seen a lot of lot of shootings where people just enter their magazine. No, and I totally, I, I totally understand that, right? So I mean, I understand. Let's, I mean, most officers, I believe, carry the Glock seventeen, right? Correct. Yeah, so that's a that's a that's a, a seventeen round double stack magazine and plus one in the chamber. So you're looking at eighteen rounds. You got eight officers who were placed on administrative leave. So let's assume that all eight officers shot, right? So. And what was it like? What to say? Like ninety rounds were fired. So ninety divided by eight is going to come out to about eleven and a quarter rounds, right? So it's possible to think that all eight officers fired, and maybe some of them uh, went through their magazine. Maybe some of them were like, "Okay, uh, threat is neutralized. Mm-hmm. Uh, no longer, uh, no, no, you know, no longer a need to continue shooting." Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I can see how ninety rounds can be put down range pretty quickly. Um, amongst that many officers. I don't understand, however, multiple things about this particular instance. One, why did all eight officers feel the need to fire their pistols? Oh, because they got got a gun. So I'm I'm, going to go ahead and shoot because, you know, I want to be a part of the action. That makes sense. Okay. Mm. Um, Okay, yeah. So too many many action movies, I guess. Two, after he was hit, 46 times and laying on the ground, bleeding out, bleeding internally. He had, he, they had, they had severed, what did it say? It severed his fucking femoral artery. Um, I know what you're going to, I know what you're going to talk about. I know what you're about to go into. I think he was already dead before they put him on him. They handcuffed him. People listen, folks, they shot him 46 times and then they handcuffed him. Where is he going to go? Where could he? His femurs are fucking broken. Where is he? Is he going to low crawl away and get away from you and then patch himself up and you know, exact his revenge 15 years later? Again, man, like, some uh, some departments have really weird rules. So with LAPD, if you get into a shooting, you have to handcuff that suspect after. Okay, so even if that suspect is dead. They, them's the rules, man. I mean, I guess they, they, you know, as an officer on the scene, you can't legally declare somebody dead, right? Like the coroner or somebody has to come out there. But, right. you know, 46 holes in this person, I feel like it's pretty safe to assume. Um, I feel like that's probably one rule that's like, well, probably don't need to cuff him, especially since we have, um, uh, you know, the news is in the, in the helicopter on the scene and they're going to have definitely going to have aerial footage of this. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. And then, so concerning the, you know, the officer said they heard a gunshot from the car. Mm-hmm. He did have a weapon in the car. Yes. It okay. was recovered. So, yeah, they did recover that. But it says, um, where did it go? I just lost it. Um, gunshot residue was not performed on Walker. Uh, the medical examiner said, Akron police accused him of firing uh, what appeared to be a gunshot out of the window. 
A gun was found in his car later. Police said he was not armed when killed. So the gun was in his vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they shot him while he was running. Yes. Presumably away. Mm-hmm. So that's another that's another thing I kind of want to point out. This guy is running away from the police. Did you see the video? No. Oh, there's a video. Yeah, that's just kind of hard to watch. But um, yeah, that does it remind is. me it of was. another video. Um, that does remind me of another video I kind of want to mention. But what I'm getting at, though, the, the guy is running away. You have, I, I only know of eight officers that were placed on leave. So let's just say eight officers were on scene. I'm sure, I'm sure there are more. Not one of those motherfuckers could, could, could run. Not at least close enough to pull a taser. I just don't, I'm just don't understand. Now, again, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's very easy to, you know, was it, what was it? The Monday night quarterback. Yeah. Whatever the fuck the term is, whatever. But I just, for th- I just don't understand why some of this stuff has to happen. I think for this particular one, I would want to see what are the uh, the experience of the officers who are on the shooting. Like, how many years do you have on the force? Who was the supervisor here? Um, for the most part, you like to have a supervisor after a pursuit. It seemed like this pursuit went on for a second, so I'm going to assume that a supervisor was there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any department before you get into the situation of a shooting or getting out of a car, even just getting out of a car, you have a, a plan. Say, hey, I'm going to be contact cover. You can be a uh, contact officer. You can be cover. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds exactly what it is. I'm going to contact this person. If some shit goes on, you're going to shoot. I'm, I'm going to back you up. But, you know, somebody's got to have some kind of less than lethal out, a taser, a beanbag, something like that. Um, just in case this person pops out and he doesn't have a gun, but he's not being compliant, such as running. Uh, that's when you use your your lesson lethal. You know, you talk to your partner. I think in this particular case, they were so pumped up during this pursuit. Um, plus, you know, he fired around off at him. As soon as he got off running, they're thinking, man, he still has that gun, and all he has to do is turn. You know, it, it only takes a second to spin around, gun from your waistband, and fire. But does that really justify? All these guys shooting at the same time, not at not even at the same time, just so many fucking shots. Well, okay. Uh, question: Was it daytime or nighttime? It was at night, buddy. Okay, so I can understand them not, not being able to see a gun in his hand. Okay, that makes, makes sense. Um, but regardless, and I can only speak to my experience on deployment. But like, I've been in situations to where you kind of have to make those split second decisions. You have to get PID positive identification on what you're shooting at, because I'm not trying to fucking go to army jail. You know what I'm saying? So it's still possible, but I just don't think that like, I don't know. I guess really what I kind of want to get at is, and I don't know these eight officers, so I don't know those dickheads down a fucking Valdi, but I do know that if you are in a certain line of work, then your level of training, and I don't just mean like your tactics training, um, but like your your fitness, right? <laughs> Needs to be on the level, right? Um, see, <laughs> see, what was the video of, of, of police trying to detain 
a young girl looked like she was coming home from school and she just dumps her backpack and hauls ass and you know they, there's a guy recording it right and mm-hmm. and the, the police are you know they chase after her and the one cop uh says to the guy who's recording grab her grab her grab her he's like the guy recording is like grab her like what, who, what do you think i am you <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like and, and the cop as he runs by is like thanks for, he says i'm like, like like thanks for the help or come on man or something like that like no bro yeah. that is your job yeah i don't know why you're chasing that person i don't even know right. what the fuck they have on them i get involved and i get fucked up are you gonna are you gonna fucking save me you couldn't even st- save yourself from this female running away fuck out of here right yeah so i mean it's a thing so like i i fully believe because I, I tested for a, a police department um a couple years ago and um i found it really interesting to learn that at least this agency and from what i understand most um, they have a physical fitness assessment during the hiring process, and you obviously you go through the academy, but that's it. It's a joke, by the way. That whole physical assessment. Yeah, it's so easy for for us. It was uh, jump a six foot wall, solid wall. Jump a six foot chain link fence. Um, Push ups in a minute. Uh, how long or how fast can you run a mile and a half? Or, I want to say a lap and a half, 400 meter, no, 400, yeah, 400 meter dash, like super easy stuff. You have to carry a dummy, like five feet, drag it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at this while we're doing this assessment. I'm like, this is so easy. Like, uh, no wonder you see Officer Porkins out there <laughs> um, with his vest uh, just bulging everywhere because, you know, there's no, there's no more physical training after that. You don't have to, there's no PT test or or anything like that once you get on like once you get on you're on that's it yeah no man so like when i when i tested we did you had to bench press like 65 percent of your body weight and then we had a minute of push-ups minute of sit-ups and a, a, um, a flexibility test um the agility run where you start down in the prone and you sprint down do some sagging zagging zigzagging what the fuck it's called and then we had the uh, mile and a half run which was still fairly easy for me right because i'm used to army pt pt tests and bench pressing 65 percent of my body weight was like you only do it for one Mm -hmm. and i'm a pretty flexible person even for my size so like it's it's just you know it it was fairly easy um but just honestly surprised to learn that that would be the only time that i would do that and it doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, in the army, uh, how often did we do the PT test when we were on active duty? Like twice a year. Um, but we did PT every morning or mm-hmm. a ruck march or something of this war, something physical, something active. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just wild to me. Like, okay, so if you are in this type of job, and let's say you're 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 you are a patrolman, uh, you need to be in your off time. Like going out and running, going out and training, going out and doing something. Um, and when I and, and when I and when I say training, I am I am talking about tactics as well. Like work on you know your holster draws and 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 pulling your fucking reaching for your taser. Suppose you're because like what happened up in what was it Minnesota or Wisconsin? Yeah. Where the, mm-hmm. the veteran officer pulls her fucking pistol and says taser, 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 and shoots the dude. Yeah. Um, How do you mix that up? They feel completely different. One is bright, is shaped funny. You have to do certain things to make it fire. Handgun, totally different. Black heavyweight, you know. For one, 
that fucking department, man. You keep your less than lethal on one side of your body and your lethal on the other. So you would not mix those up. Okay. A lot of practice, a lot of practice with, Hey, you know, taser, taser, taser. I'm going to grab my taser. I'm going to make sure it is what it's, what I thought I grabbed. You know, you have to this this uh, you know, take off the safety on this thing. Depending on what kind of handgun she had, I really, really don't understand how that mistake happened unless this person just does not go out in the field. Yeah. This person stays in the in the station, doesn't do anything, heard a pursuit. I'm gonna get into this one. Fuck yeah. Hop in the car, race on down there, shoot a guy because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. There you go. Right. You know, um, switch gears. You said like, hey, you know, these cops need to work out. That's true. Um, depending on your shift, you may not have the time to do it. But every station with us, especially LAPD, every single one had a gym. If you got off work, work out. You show up work early, work out. Um, if you want to promote and do different things, going if you want to go to SWAT, then there's another physical assessment. So that's not the only one you do that. But, you know, if you don't plan on progressing at all, then yeah, you just got one and you're right. done. But, well, you know, it, it's fucking police work. It, it, every fucking call is a jackpot. You know, in combat, we can go uh, from the fob to the city and expect to fight. OK, we're going to fight today. Uh, right. p- police work is not like that. It's a. The first call could be, you know, loud radio. Next call could be domestic. Next call after that, child abuse. Next call, shooting. Uh, you got to have your mind right. And if you don't, shit like this happens. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'll say, so I, I mean, I, I totally understand people who work in jobs who you know may end up working long shifts or you just, you're just beat or whatever, but. I still don't believe that that's an excuse because um, all it takes, like not even getting half an hour, that's it, half an hour in the gym doing something. Do something for half an hour where your heart rate is elevated. Mm-hmm. Do fucking anything. Hit training. Go for a fucking run. Go for a jog. Go for a fucking walk. Do push-ups and sit-ups. Do literally anything for half an hour that is 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 fitness related or you know come up come up with the training program because i mean there's a difference between working out and there's a difference you know, between working out and training right yep. so working out is just going to the gym without a plan training is i have a specific goal in mind and that's what i'm working towards um <clears throat> on top of that i would like to include some type of hand-to-hand martial arts training in my in, in, in my opinion preferably uh jujitsu um I mean, I've seen a ton of those videos where, you know, you get an officer will get somebody down and then they're on the ground and it's just a struggle for them. Mm -hmm. They're struggling to like detain them. They're having to put their body weight on them, but they have no technique about it. And I've seen some other videos where um, some of the, some of the Gracie guys, you know, the the Gracie family, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. Yeah. Living legends. um, And um, they'll break down like officer videos who've used proper jiu-jitsu to you know to detain or subdue and detain somebody um and uh and you know like you watch those officers and like they're doing like knee on belly and they're they're you know practicing like wrist locks and they're they're manipulating the person 
in a way that is safe for both of them mm-hmm. and that officer is not struggling to the point where they're already out of breath. That way they can stay in the fight. If something else should happen, that officer can stay in the fight um, and you know protect himself and the person he's trying to detain. Yeah. Um, because that's also their job, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you got to protect just, the person yeah. that you're trying to detain, believe it or not, folks. It sounds weird, but it's a POW if you think about it. Yeah, well, I mean, once they're placed in custody, like now they are your responsibility until you hand them off to the, the next person, the next person in the chain of custody. Yeah. Right. That's, so like, that's your body. If, if, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I just don't understand these people who want to go be cops and they don't want to fully invest. You know what you they know what say, I mean? you know, you want to do some gangster shit, but when it comes down to getting prepared, <laughs> fuck yeah. that. Everybody wants to be a gangster until it's time to be a gangster. Yeah. You know how many... Yeah, I, all right. <clears throat> Straight up, no, uh, no smoke and mirrors. I fought a lot when I was working uh, LAPD. Um, one of the things that they taught us in the academy was MMA. Not a lot of it, but just enough to fucking hopefully save your ass or enough for you to hold on to somebody until backup arrives. It is so funny to watch officers get their bells rocked because they're going in there and they don't practice their shit. Um, a lot of times those techniques don't work on certain people. Like you got to go straight to baton. You got to go straight to taser because this guy is going off of like crystal meth or uh, or um, uh, PCP mm-hmm. where you can hit them with the taser and they'll just yank the darts right out and stare at you like you're crazy done seen that a bunch of times too so you gotta you gotta have a you gotta have a plan man and uh every single fault that i've been in normally ends with me you know side guard mount and i'm gonna go ahead and get behind them and i'm gonna twist up his arms i basically almost have him in a headlock but you know not choking because that's illegal and uh i'll just hold him there until backup shows up they'll move around and jump and do all this kind of stuff but i'll just tighten down a little bit more you can't move you can't move. I'm fucking serving, baby. And uh, it, it's it's nice to see people do that kind of stuff, but it's so funny to see people just fucking get rocked. I saw so many cops just get their noses broken because they go in there trying to box people, and this guy you don't know is a fucking, you know, semi-professional. Yeah, right. And, and I'm dealing with this female here who is 105 pounds soaking wet, but, you know, she wants to fuck around with these men, so we're out here stopping these guys, and bam, she gets rocked. Like, hey, man, be ready. I guess it was partially my fault because, you know, partners, you got to have your eye open, but fuck that. You better have your your eye open too, man. We're all in this. Well, and you know. Fucking team, yeah, baby. You, you, talk, you talk about a, a woman that's 105 pounds. So when I was in jiu-jitsu, um, one of the instructors, you know, his black belt, right? His wife also trained with him. She was a, a pretty high ranking brown belt, which is just one below black belt. And at the end of our training session, we were just, we were sparring basically a round robin. And um, <clears throat> it was my turn to roll with her. Now, keep in mind, I am 6'2", and at the time I was about 220, 225. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was maybe 5'2", a buck 20 buck 40 i'm really bad with guessing women's weight 
Anyway, man, like I was in a fucking fight for my life. <laughs> Shit, you all fucked up, like, <laughs> dude. Like I'm, I'm a no stripe white belt trying to go up against this. Like I think she had three stripes on her brown belt. You get four, and, and then bam, next one is black belt. And it took everything I had to to prevent this lady, prevent this woman from fucking ending my life. Right, like I had a hold of one of her wrists. And I had a hold of her collar, and I believe I had her other arm trapped uh, behind my back. So I had my weight on her one arm, like, struggling to maintain control of her other arm. And, oh, my God, dude, like, it was, I think we rolled for, like, three minutes. And I was fucking smoked. Yeah. It goes to show what having, uh, you know, having some training really will do for you, like, in those scenarios. And so, and I want to point out, like, <clears throat> I know it kind of sounds like, at least from, from my perspective, anyway, it sounds to me like I'm bitching about the police and I'm, and I'm coming off as very anti, anti law enforcement, anti cop. And I'm not, I love what the cops do. I think we absolutely fucking need them. And I appreciate them. What I think I'm more bitching about, um, unintentionally, but this is kind of what, where I'm going with, I guess now is, you know, a while back we had this whole, um, defund the police kind of thing and when you pull money away from these local agencies or the state police or county they miss out on this training like active shooter training they miss out on um, tactics and firearms training or range time right so now you have an officer who doesn't know how to respond who can't shoot under pressure can't shoot under pressure accurately um, can't drive safely because they can't do um, you know what is it? Uh, what are those driving courses? Evoc. Yeah, kind of like Evoc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is so uh, much fun. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. It is. I did it at, at MP school. Um, I guess I am kind of a cop in the Army, right? Hey, hey. Welcome um, to the club. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but brotherhood. Like, uh, badge of the brotherhood. Right on. Yeah. Um, Evoc was fucking fun, though, man. Like, it was like I could have been out there for days on end trying to run that course. Man, we had shitty little, like, Tauruses that had no balls, no get up from the start, but like it was still fun to whip around these cones. But mm. when you talk about defunding the police, that's the training that they're gonna cut. Yeah, <clears throat> you know they they're not gonna cut personnel, right? I mean, they could they could start looking at evaluations and be like, hey man, you're the worst on the force. We're gonna have to cut you. You know, and then you're gonna save the department forty, fifty thousand dollars. You know, depending on the size of the department where they live. Mm-hmm. But you cut out training, you cut out range time, you cut out ammunition, uh, you cut out uh, body armor, uh, new vehicles, uh, servicing vehicles, new de- department if you need one. We actually had that problem here in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple years ago, Officer Stephen Carr was, uh, for lack of a better term, executed while sitting in his p- patrol car before going on shift at night. A gunman walked up unloaded a magazine into the car and killing him um, at the police station parked outside of the police station. He was doing all of his forms and getting ready to go on a shift. Mm-hmm. His partner and another officer responded. They heard the gunshots from inside, bolted outside, saw the dude running, um, saw that uh, the car was shot up and that officer car was uh, uh, dead. Another officer had come out right after them responded to officer car while these two uh, took off after the guy, and they were able to catch him and uh, 
they got into a, a small shootout with him and they, the officers ended up killing him. Um, <clears throat> but the location of that police department is terrible. So many, so many avenues of approach um, that somebody can come up undetected, not very well lit. Um, it's, it just is not a, not a good place. Well, you know so, why? Why is that? Because that shit wasn't an issue when they built that station. It wasn't a, they didn't have to worry about people running up on cops, killing them. This is 2022, yeah. baby. Motherfuckers are crazy. Right. So, uh, um, there had been around that time or shortly after that time, uh, there was a proposal to build a new police station. Mm-hmm. And if you look on a map of politics, right? Like, uh, a state's, you know, red or blue by county. Um, that county is predominantly blue. And when I say blue, I mean very far left-leaning blue. Um, and all of those people, like I'm on a Facebook page devoted to things in favor. It's basically it's just a page where people bitch about stuff. And they were constantly complaining about why are we spending money on this? We could be spending money on something else. We need to, like they were saying, like we don't need a new police station. We need to put more funding into fixing fixing certain street art or some shit like that. Street you know art, I mean? all right. Yeah, like I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's wild, dude. Like mm-hmm. it is just some wild shit. But like they, the department was needed for anybody who's ever been in, lived in a place where 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 um, you can be attacked. Right. Like like we like when we lived at Yuvani. Right. Like we needed a certain level of security. We needed a certain standoff distance from our building to the to the, the barriers uh, to the to the front gate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> police departments are no different. And people want to say, like, well, why do police need tactical vehicles? Why do police need um, ARs? Why did the police need this type of body armor and ballistic helmets? Because motherfuckers in the streets have. them. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm like against motherfuckers in the street having them because I have body armor and I have a fucking firearm, uh, an AR. Um, but I'm a responsible person and I have adequate training um, using both of those together. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I am definitely and not to get on that subject, but I'm definitely all for some uh, gun uh, gun law reform, and I, I, I don't mean like. Oh man, it's a slippery slope. We're about to get is. into gun laws. <laughs> it is, and I'm about to slide down it because here's my thoughts. Okay, wait, 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 hold on. Before you go too far into it, uh, Deep Frizzle in the chat says too many people think funding just goes to having tanks, and they don't realize the cost of training. This shit's not cheap. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And that's absolutely fucking true. When you think about like one of those classes, you're going to put like let's say. 10, 15 officers. And obviously you can't put all of your officers in that one class at one time because you still have to have people working the beat. You have people that work the beat yesterday that are off, mm-hmm. um, people on vacation, all these things, right? So you have to pay these instructors to run multiple classes over the course of a week, two weeks, however long. Mm-hmm. All the ammunition that goes into some of these classes, like if you if you look at if you look at some of these um, carbine classes, right? So you can, as a civilian, you can you can sign up for a carbine tactics class or a pistol ca- tactics class, and a lot of them will say the class itself costs three hundred dollars to the instructor and, and to the whole thing. Plus, you bring your own ammo 
and it's usually no less than 500 rounds. Mm-hmm. Shit ain't cheap, no. right? Now, when you talk about a, a police department, the police department is going to supply those 500 rounds. So that's 500 rounds for however many officers they have on the force that are going to go through that training. Mm-hmm. On top of how much it costs uh, to pay the instructors to be there, because they, they might they might they might outsource that, right? They might have an expert in in their field come in and say, okay, now here's how you know we're going to work on transition fire, uh, shoot, move uh, uh, drills, and, and and this or that or whatever. Um, so it's it, it is a thing, and yeah, no, like Doug, you're absolutely right. Like a lot of people don't understand how much that shit actually costs and the importance of it, but. And that's, that's another thing is that these people don't understand the importance of some of this training because they don't believe that that stuff can actually happen, even though it's fucking happening all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people think like, well, we don't need to train on, you know, officers don't need to have an AR to go into a fucking school to uh, take down a, an active shooter. Well, shit, you want, want this over quick, right? Yeah, I want all the tools that I can I can I can have yeah. to to uh, be the the you know the the winner in the scenario, mm-hmm. and and I'm going to be the winner, right? Um, but like so on the gun law thing, man. Like I am very pro two A. Um, uh, I'm American, so obviously I'm pro two A. Um, I don't necessarily believe that everybody should be allowed to own guns because there are some dumb motherfuckers out there who don't you can see the videos man go on youtube and look up dumb motherfuckers using guns and i I promise you you'll find some fucking blooper reels of dumb people being dumb with guns and they are hilarious (sighs) yeah (laughs) and i'm i'm especially fond of the ones who accidentally shoot themselves because you deserve it you're an idiot you deserve it i hope it gets infected (laughs) but i am i am I am all about, I and it, call me crazy, but I fully believe that before you can fi- uh, purchase a firearm, depending on the type of firearm, you should be required to go through a 40-hour or 80-hour course on the proper usage and employment of that firearm. Yes, uh, 100% agree because too many uh, goofy motherfuckers are out here playing Rambo. Um, I, I think that, hmm, the way I feel about the whole gun thing is, uh, yeah, motherfucker, you can have guns. Who cares? Have all the guns you want. Like, uh, but be responsible about it and, you know, don't be a dumbass. Like, I I don't understand. Uh, fuck man. This is wild territory. Um, I don't care what guns you have. Um, I think that there should be better background checks to stop these people from getting these guns. Uh, when it comes down to these shootings and stuff, it's going to happen no matter what. There's nothing you can do to stop it. That's when you have good people with good guns ready to rock. But um, you you guys need to understand, like, uh, yeah, 2A is cool and all that kind of stuff, but it's not for everybody, okay? Right. It, it's not for everybody. Like, I... To be honest, I love driving, but I'm not going to be driving when I'm 90. You know, I shouldn't be out there in the street like that. Right. Right. And just fucking up traffic. That's what you're doing. If you got guns and shit and you don't got no training, you're just fucking up the traffic of how things are going for everyone else. Yeah. You're 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 ruining the ebb and flow. Exactly. Um, 
the same applies for the First Amendment, man. Like, yeah, you absolutely have a right to say whatever you want to say. Ooh, but some say people it, shouldn't. <laughs> some people should just shut the fuck up. Stanford got- said, guns don't kill people. Stupid motherfuckers with guns kill people. It's pretty fucking true. That word. <clears throat> so, what? all right. What's Dougie, up? is that, hang on. He just says, uh, don't the, the Swiss have gun ranges that also serve beer, but they also have mandatory military service and are encouraged to buy their uh, service rifle. I hope the gun range and beer is true. So you know, I was going to say, and and, and, and and Dougie, this kind of leads into that a little bit, but like from as, as early as I can remember, I in some way, um, shape and form, have traveled to places by car, right? For as long as I can, I grew up with cars, right? We had, my family had, we had multiple cars. Mm-hmm. Went to school on a school bus, went on trips in a van. You know, mom would take us to the fucking store in the car, 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 car. When I was 16, well, actually when I was about to be 16, study, 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 because Kevin, you're going to get your driver's license. Okay, cool. Hell yeah. Bam, 16, Kevin, you're taking the fucking test. I don't give a fuck if you're ready. Guess what? I passed the test. <sighs> yeah, I've been in car accidents, right? I have. Um, and only one that I can, that I can recall off the top of my head was my fault. I was driving a little too fast in an uh, armored truck down the interstate and flipped the motherfucker across the interstate. Goddamn. Like literally flipped it. We were heading southbound and hydroplaned and ended up going through the median. And, uh, and, uh, like we went down one side of the median and then up the other side of the median ramped over the guardrail and the rear uh, the rear passenger tire hit the guardrail and that flipped us onto our side, onto the passenger side of the truck. Uh, yeah, failure to maintain control of the vehicle. And that's, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, King. Um, no, but we, I, we fucking landed on the, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, we were headed southbound. We landed on the north side of, uh, the, uh, the other side of the interstate going northbound, but we were still headed southbound, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Into traffic. Um, we slid diagonally across the interstate um, on the passenger side of the truck um, and then we slid all the way across the interstate and then off of it into an embankment on the other side and we hit that embankment so hard um, that it flipped us back onto our wheels uh, the, the the eyewitness that talked to the state trooper said it was like some shit you see out of a fucking movie it's like you don't expect to see an armored truck go flipping across the fucking interstate but here it is yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, no, you, and King's actually right. It's failure to maintain control of the vehicle. I was driving too fast in, in rain, rainy conditions in a truck that I thought could handle it because, you know, it's, it's heavy. heavy. But uh, that's not always the case, right? Yeah, once so, that weight gets moving, it's good luck. But there's this uh, there's this idea that you know, okay, so most of us drive, right? Most most folks in America, we drive cars, right? We, we drive around, we do this, we do that, whatever. And we're on the road and you might be the best driver on the planet, but that, that doesn't mean that somebody's not going to fucking plow into you with an armored truck <laughs> True. or, you know, a fucking Ford Escort or an F-150 because just because you're a good driver, you can be the most defensive driver ever. Somebody will run into you. Right. But still we try to be the best driver that we can be. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just weren't paying attention. Maybe they were being irresponsible. That is likely the case texting and driving on the phone fucking looking for their doing their makeup as some women will do sabrina um but like uh um some guys do their makeup king king 
but um what what I'm getting at though is we we grow up with vehicles, right? So we understand the importance of we trust everybody in the road to drive this one ton to fucking five ton fucking vehicle safely in a, in a way that's not going to end my life or my family's life. Mm-hmm. Why can we not have, and still we have a ton of deaths uh, when it comes to automobiles. Why can we not have something similar with firearms? Well, like insurance. Well, like, like what I'm saying is, is like how, how, how Douglas is talking about um, in, in, in the, the Swiss, you know what I'm saying? Like their, their gun laws, uh, or their stance on firearms is 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 that guns are important, right? You need to. They stress the importance of it. They 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 say it's like, listen, this is this is potentially your livelihood. Um, this is potentially our country's livelihood, especially with what happened in Europe in the you know, the, the 19 teens and uh, the 1940s, 1930s and 40s. So. Why can we not have that same mentality towards firearms? Why can people not understand that it is a tool? Because um, it's it's a right. People can have it. People are allowed to have it. People will go and break their necks to have it. But once they have it, they don't know what the fuck to do with it and how, or how to take care of it properly. Weapons maintenance, you know, all that kind of stuff. It gets thrown out of the window once you get what you want. Now, you know, look at me. I got my fucking yeah. my shit. A fucking heavy duty bad boy for life stuff to to guard whatever the fuck you're guarding, but you know, yeah. right on. Again, you know, have guns, but I think uh, if you have guns, there should be some kind of insurance or something just in case uh, you do do some wild shit or your gun gets stolen or something crazy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, and think about this, right? You join the military. When I say the military, I'm specifically talking about the Army and the Marine Corps, and. uh you know, security forces in the, the Navy and Air Force, mm-hmm. military police. Um, because the rest of the Air Force, they don't even know what a gun is. <clears throat> Just kidding, you know. But uh, hating it's on the branch. <laughs> but it's, it's true. true. It's funny. Um, it's true. You join the Army, and now what we do is we do weapons immersion. So like, like, well, it's like day three, day four, you're issued your M4, your M16, and you will carry that weapon with you until graduation, Right. You are fully immersed in carrying this this weapon. You will go through rifle marksmanship where you learn the basics, the fundamentals of, of, of rifle marksmanship. You'll learn how to shoot it. You'll learn how to move with it. You'll learn how to engage targets. And you'll learn how to do all kinds of other cool stuff with it. And then you'll qualify. And then, according to the United States Army, you are qualified, certified, and ready to go uh, and, and rock on with that weapon system. That's the military stance on soldiers and Marines using weapons in the civilian side of things. You want a gun? Here you go. Well, let's do this quick background. What's your social? What's your last name? First name? Uh Uh-huh. Address. Cool. Give me a second. Okay. You're good. Yeah. There you go. You know, and then that motherfucker takes that gun and goes shoots up at school. Like what has happened the last few times with these things is uh, immediately after they get the gun, immediately they go shoot up at school. I think that was the case with the the uh, shooting in Texas, and I want to say one of the other ones. Yeah, and that's another thing. So those guns were legally purchased. So that's that's a huge fucking one thing that I like that, uh, and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, and it's going to be reported, so it's there forever. But like one thing that I like that California does is they make you wait. <laughs> hey. All right, California gets some props. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that might be the one of the only nice things. That, well, I don't know. I like 
La Jolla and PCH is pretty badass. Monterey and, and Morro Bay. But other than that, oh, and Pirates Grove. But other than that, like, and I guess you're cool. But any, anyway, um, but they make you wait. Like if I if I try awesome. to go purchase a gun, right? There's going to be like a I can't remember what the, the waiting period is. Um, but it's a it's a significant amount of time, like a couple of days, ten days, something like that. Yeah. Right. So it's to prevent uh crime of passion reactions or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit. You just got broken up with your girlfriend and now you're pissed, so you want to go get a gun. That's the yeah. issue. Like, motherfucker, be responsible. Stop being dumb. <clears throat> so, all right. We're uh coming up on the one hour mark, and I think we should hit one more topic, maybe. It'll probably be the most spicy shit that we're going to get into because we would normally not. Nah, I think so. Are we, we going to talk about that one thing? Oh, yeah. We're going to get okay. into it, y'all. All right. All right. So uh, abortion. Yeah. King uh, King already knows. Yeah. He just uh, said use condoms. There you go. Use condoms. But um, what what are your what are your thoughts on this whole thing like uh I know I have my beliefs and opinions about this and I'll give them to you right now I think personally that the government should not have free reign over what somebody can do with their body um I think if it was the other way around if men had kids we wouldn't have abortion laws you know, you can get rid of it if you want. That's how it goes. That's how America is. Um, I think if if the baby or the child was conceived through rape or something insane, then yes, I think you should be able to um, have an abortion. If it's uh, something that's going to save the mother's life, yes, go ahead and uh, have the abortion. What really fucking pisses me off, and it's going to go right back to the shooting thing, there's so many politicians that give so much of a crap about these kids, you know, pre-birth, but they don't give a fuck about these kids in schools getting shot the fuck up. Like, once you're born, you're on your own. Like, good luck, fucker. That's what fucking pisses me off about the a whole abortion conversation is because it's bullshit. Like, you don't give a fuck about these kids. You really don't. Because if you did, you'd you'd adopt some of them. They got so many kids; these fucking places are filled to the brim with fucking children waiting to be adopted. But you assholes are sitting here tripping out about this lady over here who got fucking raped by some asshole, and you want her to have to hold on this baby because of your religious beliefs. Fuck you, and get the fuck out of my face with that shit. That's how I feel about that. Like uh, right. a, a lot of people, you know, I I fully believe that you should be responsible with sex and all that kind of stuff, but. If it's a weird circumstance and you, you're violated, which is fucking worse than anything you can possibly imagine, I'm assuming I've never been violated, but I've heard stories. You have. Okay. Um, I could not imagine something like that happening to me and then having to carry the baby of my violator. Oh, my God. That's fucking psychological torture as far as I'm concerned. And mm-hmm. these people have to fa- fa- uh, face this because... These asshole politicians. Um, yeah. And and straight up, man, I really don't think they give a fuck about these kids. The Marjorie Taylor Greens of the planet, these people um, who talk a big game about all they give a fuck about kids and all this kind of shit. But when the real issues after childbirth come along, like trying to feed this fucking kid, uh, you're on your fucking own. They don't give a shit. And again, I guess, you know, 
make better decisions. Um, but yeah, I really don't think that the government should have anything to do with uh, regulating women's bodies. Right. I, I, I agree. Um, I don't think the government should have anything to do with regulating anybody's bodies um, because that is my flesh vessel, my meat suit, if you will. Um, and I can do with it what I want. If you got motherfuckers out there who can bifurcate their tongues and their dicks, uh, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, okay, so I, I'm on the same page as you, right? Um, I'll go even, I'll tell you a story though. Okay, so <clears throat> I know a girl who um, several years ago uh, had moved out of state and was at a party and she was raped. And she found herself in that position um, to where like, well, she's like, she was a fairly religious person. So she, in her mind, she can't abort. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to carry this child to term, give birth to it. And then I don't ever want to see it. As soon as it's taken out of my body, take it away from me. And so that's what the doctor's because she's going to put it up for abortion, mm -hmm. or not abortion, adoption, sorry. Which I think is a viable option in some cases. Yeah. Even though, you know, there's all kinds of horror stories about the, the system, foster care and all that. But, um, so after I think she said it was like two or three days, it just ate at her, right? Because she carried this child to term. Apparently it was born healthy and she, she just couldn't bear the thought of not having her own child because despite, um, what happened when this child was conceived, she, this person is no longer around. She was going, she, she had a potential to be, you know, this, this guiding light in this kid's life and making this kid have a far better life and make better choices than the, um, the sperm donor. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was able to, um, rescind the offer or whatever you want to call it on the adoption. And she was able to get her son. This kid is now, oh geez, uh, gotta be 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, and when I knew her, we're not friends anymore, but like, uh, when I knew her, it was a great kid. And that was her, her whole life. Right. Um, she gave that kid every opportunity he wanted. I mean, gave him everything that he wanted, you know, and, and, but still like, you know, disciplined when needed and all that stuff. A great mom. And, um, as, as far as I know now, I believe one of my sisters is still friends with her. Um, and, uh, she's raised a good kid apparently, but that's, she was able to, to, to take the positive out of that scenario. Not everybody can do that, mm -hmm. right? Not everybody can look at that situation and, and have that mental toughness, that fortitude to say, you know what, I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to make it the best thing that I can make it. Yeah. Not everyone can do that. Um, <clears throat> so I think that women should definitely have the option in those scenarios when it comes to rape, when it comes to incest, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, obstetric emergencies, right? Um, when the, the fetus is literally killing the host, yep. right? Cause I mean, and when you think about pregnancy and a lot of people don't like to, to admit this or even think about it, but like when you think about pregnancy, it literally is like a parasite growing inside of something, right? Like you, the mother are the host to this thing that is growing. They have planted, um, 
fertilized uh, embryos, zygotes, whatever the fuck it is, in various parts of the body. Um, and that parasite, that baby, that fetus, that, that zygote, that embryo, whatever, will find a way to connect itself to the host to live. It will naturally, normally. It doesn't matter if you put it in the stomach, you put it in the intestines, the fallopian tubes. I think I read they even put it in the fucking liver. And it found a way to siphon off of the main, the, the host, to survive, right? Um, so that's literally, um, that's that's what it is. Um, so when you, when a woman finds herself in, in a scenario where her body can't take it and it will kill her, um, a medical diagnosis has stated, if you carry this baby to term, you or the baby, or both of you will die. Guaranteed. There's no, there's no mistake mistaking it. Like the dad is there 100%. Something terrible is going to happen. That woman should be allowed to abort mm-hmm. um, because there's, there's no hope in, 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 in well, I mean, there's some hope. Sure. Right. In, in, in one of in, in any of those scenarios, something bad is going to happen. Right. Yeah. So your hope is that like, well, maybe the baby can live and I'll die or maybe, um, you know, or whatever, however you want to look at it. So, you know, scenarios like that, like that, that should matter. But the problem has become with Roe v. Wade, because uh, that's what we're talking about, folks, if you haven't picked up on it. Um, the problem is the people that have gone out and abused it. They've partied a little too hard and oopsie, I don't know who the dad is, or mm, I'm not ready to have a kid, or mm, whatever the reason is, bam, abortion. They got a heavy supply of those Plan B pills just stacked up in their rooms, because, you know, mistakes happen. Stop fucking, I I feel you fully on that one, man. Like, uh, I'm all about letting people do what they want to do with their bodies, but don't abuse it. Like, uh, come on. Like, come on. How many abortions do you actually have you been through? I mean, I'm not saying like any individual listening, but I'm saying like at what point do you stop making that decision uh, that is ruining lives? Like, I get it, man. This is a tough decision. I've never been involved in any kind of abortions or conversations about abortions. They're trying to have somebody to have one, but I could not imagine what it would be like to have that conversation with somebody like, hey, um, I'm healthy and we have this baby and we went and messed around and now uh, I don't want to keep it. Like, could you imagine like, uh, again, I'm going to say this again, women's bodies do what you want. But I think uh, it's fucked up if a man isn't informed that this is happening. I think a lot of people are like, why, why should the man be informed with this? Well, he was, he had something to do with it, you know? Um, I know that's a touchy, touchy deal right there. Uh, we could probably get into arguments and talks about this one all day. But uh, personally, I think um, if you, oh no, I, you know what? That's wild, man. I don't, even, I don't even think I want to get into that one too deep. You know, you, you know, you know where I stand on that particular. Yeah, subject. man. I know. Um, so I, I mean, I will say though. Um, well, so like we talked about earlier today, um, and so that information I was telling you about the the economists, yeah. Um, there's a book called 
uh, Freakonomics, right? They had a documentary that was on Netflix for a while, and um, I don't know where that is. You can probably find that on YouTube. But um, the the book is pretty good. The documentary on on Netflix was pretty good as well. But one thing that they did is um, they were able to directly correlate high um, higher than average crime rates in the mid to late '90s to anti-abortion laws in the early '80s. And the way they did that is they looked at these areas that had these excessively high crime rates and then they compared those places to what anti-abortion laws would have existed in those areas in the eighties. And, um, there was correlation, right? They said, okay, well that's interesting across the board. All these places that have higher crime rates also had really strict anti-abortion laws, um, going back about 15 to 18, 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So then they said, okay, well, let's take it a step further. Let's look at the people that were committing these crimes. What kind of household did they come from? Did they come from um, a a two-parent household? Did they come from a one-parent household? I don't know if they went so far as to be like, okay, well, when did the household become a one-parent household? Did it transition sometime midway through this kid's life or whatever? But, like, you know, because if you look at, like, the cases where, um, and this is just a few of those cases, right? Where like, you know, a man and a woman hook up, woman gets pregnant, dad kicks rocks, woman is forced to carry this child to term and, um, and then raise it. Right. So she's already been placed into a more disadvantaged, um, disadvantageous position, whatever the word is. Right. So she's, she's. Um, now she's in more of a struggle. Um, and this is during the time of, you know, Reagan's trickle down economics, which, you know, I guess historically was a big blunder. Um, so money was, was tight. I mean, we're looking at like inflation rates today. They're comparing them to the early to mid eighties, right? They're saying like, we're, we're just as fucked as they were back then. And that's pretty fucked. Right. So like the struggle for these people raising these this, this child or these children in these one parent homes, and um, and they you know typically live in certain types of areas, right? Um, and uh, it's just kind of. But anyway, the whole point was is they were able to directly correlate that. Now, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's like you said though, right? Like, who who really benefits from? Uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. Who really benefits from um, uh, anti-abortion laws? Who? I think um, a lot of that shit's tied into religion. Clearly. Um, But even I think that's bullshit too. Like uh, it's a veil. Um, uh, If if you're not if you're Muslim uh, what the fuck does Christian laws have to do with me? Um, right. Yeah. You know, we're we're a melting pot. We're full of different religions, and I think it's really screwed up that everything that we have to do, uh, everything that we do, is always under God or whatever the hell. Um, it's just weird, man. And I think that you know, hands off women's bodies, and uh, fully yeah. what you're saying, like it does make sense. Like, uh, it makes perfect sense. That's a perfect correlation with the. Uh, the science of everything and motherfucker fucking science dude look at look at how science figures shit out 
I mean, data, right? Like you, yeah. like data doesn't lie. Like the math. when you're looking, when you when you're looking at the numbers on paper, the black and white of it, like it doesn't lie. Um, on on that thing you were just talking about, though, when it comes to religion, like I am, per, I, I mean, in case people don't know, like I'm not a religious person. I just I'm not. Um, grew up that way. Made the decision later on in life. You're getting into some shit tonight, boy. (laughs) Right. But I will say, I don't care if you're a religious person. I really don't. I don't care if you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, if you're a a, a Buddhist. I don't give a fuck what you believe. So long as you're not out there, like, trying to rape children or take advantage of people that can't defend themselves, believe what you want. I don't give a fuck if you believe in God or the fucking flying spaghetti monster. Flying spaghetti monster. You know, I'm a, I'm a, (laughs) I I can uh, marry people. I'm a. I'm a, I'm one of the ordained? dudes. I'm a dude. You're, you're ordained under the uh, under Pastafarian. Oh uh, uh, yeah, under the uh, I'm a, uh, the dudeism. You know, I you're can. Uh, no, I'm serious. It's a it's a thing. I'm certified. I got a certificate. If you ever want to get yeah. married, I'm here for you. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll see. But my big Lebowski uh, fucking uh, t-shirt and everything. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so. We are also one unique thing about the United States of America is that we are a country with no designated religion, right? So we're not a Christian nation. We're just a melting pot, like you said, of all of these people from all over the world, right? Like when we bring us your, your tired, your week and whatever else the saying is, right? Like we are made up of everybody else on the planet. They came here um, uh, to get away from where they were. <coughs> So, like you said, how can we legally, at the federal level, put in put laws into effect that are based in religious beliefs? It's just it just doesn't make sense. Um, and 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 furthermore, like like I said, I have I have no problems with people being religious, so long as they're not forcing their beliefs on other people and they're not judging other people for what they believe. Oh yeah, yeah. right, like. I have plenty of people who are uh, pretty. I know plenty of people that are, are religious, right? Christians and, and this or that. And they don't force other people to believe as they do. They accept them for, for as they are. And I, like I said, I grew up in the church and my understanding of it is it's not my fucking job or my place to judge other people, right? That's what, that's what the Bible tells us. That's God's job. Jesus said, love everybody. Right. He didn't say he didn't say love them if they believe the same shit you do. Mm-hmm. Right. Love everybody. Right. Don't be an asshole. That's yeah. the basis of all belief, religious beliefs any fucking way. Don't be an asshole. I think that's uh, chapter seven, page three. <laughs> Dude, you can take every religious text that's ever been written and dial it down to a few things. Um, hey, I'm the I'm I'm the God or we're the gods of this belief. We made things. All right. You're the people that we created. So uh, you're welcome. And then also, don't be an asshole. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you have to put in all those fucking texts. You can re- erase everything that's written in those and be like, don't be an asshole. Just one big enormous tab that has been <laughs> etched in commandment one through through ten. Don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a loser. Stop being a dick. Quit being an asshole. Don't be a loser and stop being a dick. And don't fuck children. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Do we even want to get into that? Oh, man. I mean, we don't got time. I, I, I think that really kind of just sums it up. Don't fuck children. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there's a special place in hell for you if you do anything weird, even remotely funny with any child. 
without consent, uh, uh, anything without consent with an adult, keep your fucking hands to yourself, you stupid asshole. You crazy <laughs> motherfucker, you. Like, I am, really- I am all about, like, castration for people who fuck with yeah. kids. Let them, hey, man, we don't need them no more. Let them go. Get them, put them on an island, blow up the island. Yeah. Nah, I, I would like to see something more drawn out and painful, more torturous. I would. Um, I think that would be perfectly fine with me. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't think that castration needs to be the painless kind. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> and I. So think you're that, fine uh, with 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 chemical castration or castration by axe? No, not by axe. Uh, uh, maybe a spoon. Oh, okay. Um, or a brick. Shotgun. Uh, shotgun. I mean, I'm fine with the shotgun. It's kind of quick, but I mean, whatever. That's yeah. what you get. And that that's an easy one to talk about, though, right? That's that's easy for us to talk about. Like, don't don't fuck children. Like, if you're that if you're to that point, if you if you feel like, man, I just I just need to get off. Go fucking rub your dick on your pillow. Get the fuck out of here. Now, if you like, it is if, wild. If you are looking at children thinking I need to get off. Talk to a therapist or a counselor. Talk to God. I don't know what you got to do, but figure out uh, a different way of living because the way you're living is the worst possible way. Listen to me, asshole. If you're listening to this show and you like to diddle kitties, I'll fucking fuck you up if I find out about it. Me and all these fucking spectacular goddamn roughnecks. Believe it or not. We don't fuck around with that kind of shit. We're a, a fun-loving bunch, but once you start fucking around with kids, man, like, I don't even want to have nothing to do with you. Uh, again, put them on the island, blow up the island. Dougie Fresh says, hang them by their balls. Right by the balls. Hang them by the balls. I'm saying, like, with 550 cords, so it's, like, real thin. You know what I mean? And it still has like the the capacity to hold up up to five hundred and fifty pounds. So you yeah. can literally hang them by their balls. So it's a matter of like what's going to give out first, the five fifty cord or the person's skin and their uh, vast deference. And my money is on the ball sack literally ripping off their body. And I'll be sitting there with my churro watching. My churro? Hell yeah, cheering them on oddly, because oddly specific. Yeah, P-N-O-R. you know, Dougie yeah. Fresh. God damn, man. <laughs> don't hey y'all don't fuck with dougie fresh piano wire wow <laughs> all right so uh hey man an hour and 20 minutes into the show uh i think that's good enough yeah yeah it's also i know i say this every time we have a show that that's kind of like current events but it's awful it's awful doom and gloom so i, I want to say one thing that i think is i worked in a jail and had to deal with those assholes daily oh dougie god damn no i don't have that kind of restraint bro <laughs> i do not i don't have it i don't have it it's hard man um I would say, um, on a positive note, uh, uh, we have, we have a, well, how do I put it? We have some, we have some, we have some pretty good shows coming up. I think, um, I think we'll be able to, uh, we're going to record with a couple of fellas, uh, uh, a former Marine and a uh, retired army first sergeant. We're going to record with these guys. We're working down. We're, we're, we're ironing out when we're going to do it, right? So they're they're speaking with their with the 
they have a tech guy that helps them out with uh, some of the recording things that they do. And they have guy. a podcast called Grunts in Appalachia. Um, <clears throat> Grunts in Appalachia. And uh, I've listened to a couple of their episodes, uh, and they're really, really good. Um, I listened to one episode called... Uh, um, what was it called? You sent uh, it to me. Hold on a sec. I got you. Not, not, not for the faint of heart is what it's called. Yeah. And in that episode, they introduce uh, Brandon McGuire, who ends up being one of the co-hosts. He's the he retired Army First Sergeant. He's got one of the longest um, kills, confirmed kills in Iraq at 1,310 meters. Um, he ends up being one of the co-hosts um, on that show. And um, that episode, for, for all of uh, my infantry brothers and now sisters uh, who can join the infantry, for all you folks and for you people in the military, um, and you want to hear more grunts talk about more grunt things listen to that episode dude i was sitting there dying fucking laughing at some of the shit they were talking about like riding in the back of a five ton they have this term i've never heard it until i heard their show but like a five ton boner you ever heard of that or five ton wood what you know i've never popped a boner on the back of a five ton buddy sorry no bro like come on man the vibrations sitting on that bench you know damn well you got fucking rock hard no yeah. No, no documented woodery around yeah, here, man. Hey, Dougie, Dougie Fresh had it happened. D. Yeah, Frizzle hey. says he he <laughs> fucking popped a boner in the back of a five ton. Well, he bro, was a he was a Bradley Gunner or driver, so I'm sure he got some vibe. I'm was, sure he tugged yeah. one off once or twice down there. Oh, uh, he's sitting there right next to the fucking the, the pack. Yeah, Dougie, you were hard the entire deployment, weren't you? What do they call it? Glazing your knuckles. <laughs> wow, but, uh, that went crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but they, 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 one guy goes into Brandon, he, he goes into talking about how, you know, there you are fucking hanging over the troop strap because you got to shit, right? You're on a long haul in the back of the truck, right? Sometimes you piss off and sometimes you got to shit, right? So you're hanging out the fucking back of the troop app, uh, the troop strap, just fucking ass out, taking a fucking shit out the back of this truck with your fucking boner out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. It's pretty hey. far out. But the thing is, that's the infantry for you. Right there, you go. Is it not? It was a really fun episode. It was really good to listen to them. Um, really listen to them talk. They, uh, they, they've they've had some pretty uh pretty interesting people on their show uh, who are local to the area in West Virginia, um, who've done some pretty uh, impressive things, and uh, so we're we're gonna be able to do a recording with them, and we're kind of gonna do a thing. You you listen to podcasts who have other podcasters on their shows and and then they later on return the favor. We're going to do a little different. We're going to record a show and then we're both, both podcasts are going to post that show as if it was our own. And, uh, and it's just going to be conversations about what it is that we do, what it is that they do. Um, and probably, you know, uh, trade some tips of the trade as far as podcasting, talk about some infantry stuff. Um, and probably do what we can to make Tyree cringe some more. Right on. Boners on five tons. Good name for the show. For the show. Oh, yeah, boners on five tons. Oh, and one other thing. So you know, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a drill sergeant in the Army Reserve, right? For shizzle. And then um, Justin, a guy we spoke with a while back, who was a part of uh, my veteran passion. Mm-hmm. He, he's a, an Air Force drill sergeant. Um. Well, I've got one person um on the hook right now um waiting to hear back from when she can do it but she is a marine corps drill instructor and she's written a book um imagine that a marine that can read and write holy <laughs> shit 
man. Hey, did we just hate on the Marines and the Air Force and I think maybe even the Navy during this episode? Fuck the Navy. There you go. Oh, there, there we go. And no, I love the Navy. Whatever. Don't touch me. Hey, yeah. we got to end this. But uh, hey, folks, thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Uh, please like, listen, share, uh, subscribe, share. Uh, thanks, everyone, who hung out in our uh, chat room tonight. It was actually a lot of people, uh, and that was pretty cool. Um, I'm going to try to do this more. Uh, Kevin, you agree? Not a bad thing, right? No, I keep looking at my computer, and I see the fucking Stamper, who is always great because he's handsome as shit, and then there's Dougie Fresh looking dapper as fuck, and then, bam, King. Yeah, King with his background pictures, man. He's like a what floating is- head. Oh, I see that now. I see that now. Yeah, I've been looking at him the whole time. <laughs> And then this mystery number, whoever 2935 is. Yeah, man. Whoever you are, send us a text uh, on the Before You I Forget fan page and uh, let us know about it. I'm going to unmute everybody so everybody can say bye. Cool? Yeah. Cool. Everyone, thanks for... shows up at the last minute. No, she's been on. I've been here the whole time. The whole time. (laughs) Whole time. All right, y'all. Everyone say bye, yeah? Thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully we didn't bore you too much. Hopefully it didn't piss you off with our dumb ass ideas and shit. But if it did, we don't care. Honestly, really don't. These are our opinions and we're allowed to have them. I care, but there's only so much I can care. Yeah, right. All right, man. Love you guys. Have a good one. Uh, Thank you for listening to Before I Forget. And once again, please like, listen, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you later.